Hey guys, it's Cass and Dorian, and you're listening to United. So in uh, recording some of our episodes, we've gotten some feedback uh, from some of our listeners and most most of it was about things that you said um, that they wanted us to dive deeper into, which I thought was a good idea because some of them, it does make sense to dive deeper into, but also I think they're really important and I think they're kind of connected. Okay. So the one was being okay. white is offensive. Yeah, wait, calling you white is offensive. Yes. Yeah. That was the episode. And one of our listeners said that she believes the reasoning behind white people feeling offended by being referred to as white, a white person, is because they've never had to before, making it uncomfortable for you. Um. So you said something like it's offensive because there's pain to be connected to it. Yeah, that's a good way to sum it up. That that term shame. Yeah. You said shame. 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 There's shame to be connected yes. to it. Yeah. Um and she said that she thinks it's because it's making you uncomfortable to have to identify that way. And that this is because they are the default or the standard and can go the majority of their lives without ever discussing or mentioning their race or identity or privilege. So whereas people of color are very aware that they are different or not the standard, so we have to confront and refer to ourselves that way. Notice how we are often asked, what are you? Whereas white people, you don't ask the origin of their features because they are dominant slash normal. And so I was like, that's a really good point. So I wanted to bring that to you and get your feedback. Yeah, so I I would say it's probably, this is my own personal experience and I would assume it's very different based on a white, person, a white person's exposure in their life. Uh, I think the first time I encountered a black encountered a black person and had black people around mm-hmm. me. That's when I learned I was white. So, do you know? Do you remember that? It wasn't. Like, do you know about what what age you were? Elementary school age. Okay. I de- yeah, I definitely have a sensor awareness of it. Like six or seven years old, recognizing that there's uh, different people that look very different than I do. I think the difference would be then for. Uh, I, with black people, you hear a lot of they know the moment that they realize they were black mm-hmm. is usually and frequently attached to some form of discrimination or shame mm-hmm. brought upon them because of the color of their skin. It wasn't that for me. It was just there's a clear difference between our skin colors. Yeah. So there's an awareness that I have white skin. And then from there... I think I don't totally ag- agree with with what she said. Mm-hmm. But again, it's from my perspective and it may be different for other white people. Uh, I feel I we have to identify ourselves throughout life 
on forms we fill out, on things we do, we have to check a box. So it's not that I've never identified as white. I've always had to identify as white. I've always had to know what box to check, whether it said white or Caucasian, because that has changed over the years. Yeah. Um, which I remember the first time <laughs> I had to check the box <laughs> where it said Caucasian. I was really confused. I was like, I'm not any of these. <laughs> I didn't know what Caucasian was. I can't. That's hilarious. <laughs> um, but I wouldn't be surprised if her point is true. I just don't know if I find it, if I necessarily think that's true for myself. Yeah. I think really, too, when when I think about what she's saying, I think there's a certain level of you... What you said about not realizing that you're white, when you did realize you were white, was not a negative experience. No. So even though you've had to identify as white, it wasn't in a negative way. Right. And it wasn't in a negative spotlight. So now when people call you white online or anything like that, like a lot of times when people are referring to white people online, it's almost always seen as in a negative light. Yeah. Because it's calling them out for... Yeah, doing something intentionally. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's intentionally calling them out because of something being done. Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's really what she was trying to get across is like you haven't had to identify as white in this manner in a negative way in a negative way yes yes white is has just been the standard and has just been seen as normal so when someone would say white at like a lot of times people don't say white or if they do say white it's because they're describing something and that whiteness pertains to their actions Yeah, and white, but also growing up from my life experience, white wasn't referred to in a negative light ever. Exactly. So it is only recently. So it's not as much that I've not had to identify as white. It's that I didn't I didn't know the history Mm -hmm. of being white, you know, and where white was born out of why we even see the color. And what that, how that's been held up in the way it's been held up in our, especially in our nation. Because even when I think about it, like in the media and in TV shows, the only time anyone's really referenced as a white person is a criminal when they're describing suspects. Hmm. Tall, white male, six feet tall, dark hair. But so you mean like a sing, so you're saying like in an article, it wouldn't be. You know, Celine Dion, a white singer, but it would be Beyonce, a black singer, is what you're saying. Depending like you would see article. that possibly in some yeah, articles. I could gotcha. See that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I've seen it. Yes. But also in like TV shows, um, when they're describing another character or something to a character, I I don't recall ever hearing them describe a character as a white person who did this or that. Yeah. So her point being, yeah. So it's like, oh God, I just like kind of had an aha moment, but like trickled away what the aha moment, like it really like, I was like, oh, I get it. Wait, what do I get? Um, (laughs) Like her point is that white is the default. 
Right. And I get that. No, yeah. I, I totally get that. But, but it's more also so when that, it's bought up, it's not bought up in a negative way. It's just because white has never had to face the full the full um, picture of itself. Yeah. That's yeah. I think more of like and that's what she's saying, really, yeah. is that we've never had to face the full picture of ourselves. I think it kind of, though, is what we're both saying, because that's also what I feel like I'm saying. The shame with it is now that I've been blind to the full picture. Yeah. That I have grown up in a world where I was completely ignorant and blind to the full picture. That's devastating. Yeah. So it's not, so it, it's interesting though, because with white, it's the full picture versus with black, it being thought of as a negative thing is discrimination, right? It's like with whites, it's, we haven't looked at the full picture of, of, the fact that we have been oppressors for many, yeah. many years, the fact that we have been, um, we've disregarded and not, uh, we, I can't think of the word. We've just treated others with such disregard and only seen through the, the channel of ourselves. Yeah. So that's that full picture versus with black people, the negative aspects of anything having to do black are all negative are all born out of discrimination. Yeah. And I mean also we're sense. talking about how you feel being referred to as white yeah. as a white person mm-hmm. versus how I would feel being referred to as black as a black person. And I don't feel negativity towards being referred to as black. Even though I very well could, there are things that could make that be feel negative that are born out of discrimination. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like the same thing. Like your negative feelings towards being white are born out of discrimination towards others. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not receiving the discrimination, but having done the discrimination. So it's around the concept of discrimination in itself. Yeah. Yeah. And and, I mean, I don't. And so it is kind of similar to I don't have that such an issue with being white. I just have an issue. You know, the, the pain and shame comes from. The history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the fact that, you know, at 37 years old, I'm just coming to into awareness of this. <laughs> well, I mean, you know? I don't think you should feel shame around that just because it, it takes a lot of work and it takes a lot of breaking down societal right. barriers. And those things were not anywhere near as easily accessible 10 yeah, years ago. Definitely not. So... Um, but I thought it was a really good point that she made because I do think that there is a certain level of amongst the white community and I can't speak for the white community because I'm not a part of it. Um, but I do think that there is a certain level of like not wanting to identify that way. I think one of the distinctions too is I have had opportunities in my life where I have been exposed to a lot more black people than statistically yeah a lot white of white person. yeah 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 so i think that also changes the concept of what being called white means to me never having to have identified as white if you've never really seen anyone of a another color for the most part yeah, except for maybe on tv norm. you don't you just you wouldn't think twice about it but when you're in a room where you are one of the only ones you start to think about it. <laughs> yeah, so. which then connects to our next listener feedback, which was 
the she wanted you in the Black Lives Matters episode, you mentioned how you feel nervous walking into a place with all black people. And she wants you to, she wanted us to deep dive why you feel nervous. Why do you feel that? Where does that feeling come from? And why her feedback was basically, she often gets into deep debate with people about this. Why we as minorities, minorities should adapt or assimilate to that and the white majority doesn't have to and they can continue to use be stereotypical when it comes to them frequenting an establishment or places majority minority um so that kind of like segues right into that (laughs) (laughs) like you've been around um you've been in situations growing up where you were the minority as mm-hmm. a white person and you were mostly around black people. So how does that affect you now as an adult in like not feeling comfortable being around black people? Well, first I would say it's not that I don't feel comfortable around black people. Okay. It's yeah. More so, I shouldn't have said it that way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I was to walk into a room of all black people, I would feel uncomfortable because I would be, um, I would feel I was at a place and possibly unwanted and unwelcome. And, you know, so we've discussed this before, but, you know, I think some of it is rooted in, in some of my experiences growing up. I was in a, a middle school that in seventh grade that was, I don't know the demographics, but it definitely was well diverse. I know the, that height, the high school that fed into uh, people of color were the majority. So uh, I had an ex- like one experience. I was walking down the hall in seventh grade and I accidentally slightly bumped into an, uh, a black girl and she lost it on me. She flipped around with her friends behind her, threatening to beat my ass and laying into me for not paying attention to where I was walking or whatever. I was scared. I was very scared. Wow. And there's really nothing I could have done differently. It was a very crowded hall area. The way it was, it it was outdoors where we walked to and from class because we were in Florida. And there were, when you would walk in front of where a a, a door is that's mm-hmm. where the lockers were so it you it was squished together so it would get really congested in those areas and then open up again as it opened up to a sidewalk which had more room and i mean it was just crowded everyone was going to classes and mm-hmm. it wasn't even a bad like bang into her so that was super impressionable for me mm-hmm. big time and it's not that it made me think that all black people are you know unreasonable and angry and whatever. I mean, honestly, one, there's a few friends I have from that time or that I, people who I would actually be excited to have in my classes Mm -hmm. because, um, I just really enjoyed them and they were, they were black. So it, it didn't totally turn me off to that, but I think it just led to 
starting this this um, belief that I didn't, because I'm trying to think of what I would feel walking into a room of all black people I didn't know right now. I think it kind of started this foundation of building this belief through and some other small experiences that I I don't belong and mm-hmm. I'm not wanted. Mm-hmm. That that white people are seen negatively by the black community. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I would liken it, I would I would liken it to how I would assume a black person feels walking into a room of all white people. Yeah, I think I would agree. And I And I feel really bad. I have to say I feel really like I'm doing something wrong saying that. Because I know white people, I know as a white person that that's not been the history for white people. And I know it's been a much bigger, larger history for black people. So I don't want to try and compare the two. So I'm, it was even, is I feel like I'm, I almost feel like I was saying something wrong saying that, but I, I think it, for this moment in time, not adding on the history, I think it's a similar feeling of not being wanted. Yeah. I think um, it actually made me think of this meme you sent me about LeBron James and how he was saying that he didn't want any white friends. Mm, um, mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of connected here because... Will you read it? it yeah, yeah. Um, the meme says, um, it's a quote from LeBron James and it says, I don't want nothing to do with white people. I don't believe they want anything to do with me. I don't want no white friends. It's me and my boys. And he said this in an episode of his HBO show, The Shop, and it was posted and it, the caption said the new form of racism. Mm. So that's why I felt like this was a good um, segue into this meme. This is what it made me think of because you, you did just say like it made you feel like what you feel like black people would feel like mm-hmm. in those instances, just in that moment. Um so it kind of gave you a glimpse of what it's like to be disliked for your race. But you're right. It is difficult. You can't really compare the two because there is a lot of history there. And it's a lot deeper than just being disliked for your race when it comes to being black. Yeah. Um, so Yeah, but I there's think- also a lot of there's a lot of history there on the white side, too. There's not a lot of history of experiencing it. But the dislike comes from the same amount of history as the the black history does. Absolutely, because um, I can tell you, I have had those thoughts of it being a new form of racism. Yeah, yeah, that it's not, it, maybe not in those exact words, but in this this having this sense of having this sense that. Black people are now are when they say those kinds of things, they're encouraging, pushing, separating white people and seeing them as not good enough to be a part of their group, Mm -hmm. which then leads, which is a form of racism. I guess I understand that. And leading to a larger divide, making it impossible for us to ever solve this problem. Well, it's difficult because it's born out of, like he said, he doesn't feel wanted by white people. And I have to say, I can't disagree with him. I've The white friends that I have are kind of by circumstance. Like every single white friend that I have, I have because we work together. Mm -hmm. Um, To be fair, every friend I have, period, 
You have. It's because we work work together. together. (laughs) That's where I make my friends. Well, I do carry (laughs) some friends from high school and college uh, and middle school, elementary school. I have one friend from elementary school, Mm -hmm. but they're all black. Mm. So like in, in when I was in high school, I wasn't making friends with white people. I didn't feel like the white people wanted to be my friends. So I kind of can understand what he's saying. Like, I felt like the white people who I was in school with, like there are few that I was friends with, but for the most part, I felt like they were out of my league, so to speak. That's exactly how I feel. That's exactly how I feel. So how do we get past that? Like, how do we move past that? I know. You have to. So for me, as a black person, I'm almost always the minority. So it's not hard for me to go into a room full of white people. Like, is it uncomfortable sometimes? Yeah, to an extent. But it depends on the atmosphere in the room. Yeah, and it's easier for you to find those opportunities or to not even find, but have it naturally be. Yeah, it's just an occurrence. Yeah, it's, but it's not the other way yeah, around. It's like normal for me. Yeah, as from a white person, it, it has to be an effort. So again, this might fall back onto, like you always say, racism is a white problem. So it's white people that have to fix it. Yeah. So it probably falls on how do we bridge this gap if we're both feeling this way now in this moment in time is more white people have to make more efforts to be a part of black community, black culture, going in spaces yeah. where they are, following them more on social media, interacting in their spaces, you know, using black owned businesses. Yeah. Cause there is a certain level too of like, I want, not necessarily I want, but there's a certain level of feeling like my white friends don't understand me fully mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or don't know me fully mm-hmm. because they don't know black culture. Like if I say a line from a random movie, I doubt you'd be able to pick it up. Mm -hmm. But my black friends would be Mm -hmm. able to pick it up because those are the movies we all grew up on. Mm -hmm. So if I, half the time when I see one of my friends, I'm like, Kapo, who this woman? And she will crack up like because she gets the reference. It's mm-hmm. from The Color Purple. Yeah, I but don't know it. We've seen the movie so much that we can quote it. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. if somebody walked into a room and, you know, we were like play fighting and I just broke out and was like, oh, my life, I had to fight. They would know what I was referring to. So there is a certain level of um feeling like my white friends don't fully know right. me. They can't fully see you. And know who I am. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that the only solve for that is to, as white people, we need to be immersing ourselves more in black culture. And 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 I I do have to say, so you I went to your housewarming, what, two years ago? Three years ago? Four. Four. Wow, that long? Wow. So I went to your housewarming and I was, I wasn't that uncomfortable. I think because of my relationship with you, I wasn't expecting to be that uncomfortable. I expected to be a little uncomfortable, but it's also uncomfortable going somewhere where you don't know anyone. Mm -hmm. But in regards to, you know, going in there and being surrounded by only black people, 
it, I was like, so I was so surprised at how comfortable I was made to feel. I, I was made to feel wanted and accepted. Remember my housewarming a lot because I could tell it made an impression on you because you kept saying you have such nice friends. You have such nice family and friends. And I was like, did you think I was going to have you roll up in here and we was just going to beat you up? <laughs> no, it's, it's because that sense I've gotten yeah. in multiple different experiences in my life where we don't want you here. It's an unspoken mm -hmm. feeling being given off mm -hmm. that you don't belong here and we don't want to interact with you mm -hmm. and we don't like you. Yeah, it wasn't there. Not at all. Not, not even an ounce. And I expected some of it to be there. So it made me want to be able to be there more so I could learn more and connect more because I couldn't interact well mm -hmm. with a lot of your family because I didn't know the jokes they were saying. You know, I couldn't yeah. understand the jokes they were saying or, um, you know, the AAVE type of terminology they would use here and there. You know, I didn't, I don't know those things. So I yeah. don't know what it means when they're saying that. So I couldn't fully follow the conversations. Yeah. So it was, but it made me want, it was like, wow, this just opened a door for me to have a place where I could be, where I could start to learn that. Yeah. But then it's also difficult too, because it's like, there's a, there's a fight, for lack of a better word, in black culture to want you guys to understand our culture but also not want to have to be the ones to share it mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. I will gladly make fried chicken for you but I don't want to be the token black person at the party making fried chicken for you because I don't want to be in that stereotype if that makes sense so how does that Not me specifically, but just in general, but so how, what is, how does that play? Like me being in that environment, how, so you're saying, are you saying you being in the environment at my housewarming is different because it's mostly my people. But if I was to like come to a party of yours, which you did, which I did, but I didn't bring fried chicken. Oh no. Why yeah. would you? Because you're saying if some, saying, you're thinking someone would ask that. You're saying if someone would ask of that. Like if you were to ask me, like, "Hey, I'm having a get together, and I'd really like some really good fried chicken." Oh, um, I just feel like never, that's like never pretty, that, pretty damn racist. <laughs> so I mean, does that kind of thing occur? To I mean, I know it occurs. Don't give me no, not that it, but does it occur enough? I mean, I feel like it's to it's where they not like, literally pinpoint that stereotype. And you and and exploit it. I feel like it's not. Um, it's not seen as problematic. Like there was the one time at Starbucks when somebody went to the fish joint and got everybody fish and bought me back fried chicken. I was the only black person at Starbucks, <laughs> and like she didn't do it on purpose. Oh my god, I remember you telling that. Story. I thought it okay. was hilarious, but it was. Definitely, like, really? You yeah. you went to the fish joint and got me fried chicken? Yeah. Why didn't you get me fish like everybody else? But, so... So I don't think it's, like, seen or it's not conscious. Right. But, I mean, but that's inherent racism. Yeah. And that's bias and prejudice. 
We've already established that. But this this fusion of bringing whites into black culture and and allowing them opportunities to learn more and experience yeah. more. I think it's hard to separate the two. Right, because you don't you don't want them there because of those experiences or that they could do something like that. Like yeah. you don't want to you didn't you don't want to invite me to your house and have me say something that offends your family. Yeah. Right. Or like but I then just, how do we, I don't want to invite you to my it? house, make you some really great fried chicken and mac and cheese and then have you invite me to your shindig and be like, "Hey, can you bring some of that really great fried chicken that you made?" No, I was time? like, "Your mac and cheese is good, but mine's better." <laughs> That's what happened there. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I'm just saying, I I guess what I'm I'm saying is, you know, does that really tie into this, this dialogue of trying to allow white people to learn more about your culture? It doesn't. That's what I'm saying. Like, there's a struggle there because it's like, I want you guys to know me fully. And but I also don't want to be the token black friend who's teaching you all of it. If that makes sense. So like I want to be able to have like movie nights and and you watch some of our classic movies like Oh, but I've, the color purple. Yeah, and yeah, Harlem but that's a, that okay, I see. So you don't you don't want to take on like the full burden the responsibility, but that's just like pathetic if I would sit there and expect you to do that. No. I, I have access that. to these movies myself. Yeah, but and I need nice to be watching to be able to them. Watch some of them together. Totally, totally. <laughs> but I shouldn't be waiting around and waiting for you to do that. Yeah. It's one thing if I have seen some of these movies, which I haven't watched a lot, I would say necessarily of those movies. I tend to watch more documentaries yeah. <laughs> um, but of predominantly black or black, you know, like I did watch Jordan Peele's Get Out. That was creepy. Oh, uh, I haven't even oh, seen that. Oh my God, it's so creepy. But I know you like creepy movies. I have not. I would watched say that I could yet. watch it with you, but I'm not, been, I don't want to watch it. I've again. like wanted to watch it, but I have to watch it during the day. I can't. But so here's an example. Um, Joe and I have been watching Key and Peele recently. Oh, I don't watch which that hasn't either. been uh, hasn't been on for years now, like a few years I think. Now it looks like it started in like 2012, and went for five seasons or something. Yeah, but it's good. But I think part of the intention of watching it and ex- like. And exposing yourself to it is making an effort yeah. to watch things that in the past we didn't even recognize we weren't watching and we were just bypassing. Yeah. But those are also things that like if I'm if I'm watching that stuff and I'm exposing myself to that stuff and then you and I sit and watch the color purple together, that's going to feel very different to you. If you know I am. Ex- not Doing I'm exposing myself yeah, yeah and not just depending on you for it I would yeah. imagine but also like if you had other black friends that you were doing it with too mm-hmm. that's really what it comes down to like there's a there's just a struggle there of like wanting to help and wanting I see you to learn but not wanting to be the token black I friend. see in that way okay yeah so in there lies the rub because it feels really hard to make black friends yeah. Really hard to make black friends because there is this barrier most of the time because I'm white. So then, yeah, that's where. So then how, you know, it's. it's. I mean, the the best way that I could think of would be like to find a black friend and then make friends with their friends. But mm. not mine because we're mm. not a friendly group. <laughs> <laughs> 
And, and to be honest, and I'm one of the people I've that I have the most, I'm different in this sense. One of the people I have the most contact with since high school is a black woman. Uh, like I, I have, I know there's someone else in my life and I can't even think of it right now. Like, uh, a lot of some of the women I have been closest to in my life actually are black women. Yeah, but you also shouldn't be able to pinpoint all of your black friends at the top of your head. I just couldn't. I know there's another one and I can't even think of who it is. You know, like I couldn't tell you who all my white friends are because I'm not keeping track of them. Of friends? Yeah, friends or people that. Different, acquaintance different than friends. I don't, I don't have a lot of good friends. I don't have enough good friends that I couldn't sit here and tell you who they all are if you gave me a minute to think through it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, though. Like, I have all of my friends, not just black, all of my friends. Yeah, me too. Because I don't have a lot. I mean, I have like. So then why shouldn't I be able to tell you, like, out of the 10, which of the three are people of color? Why why is that a bad thing? Because there's only 10. It just seems like you're like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I get that it ties to inherent racism. I'm just saying. I just. When when a person is in a debate and they can, like, if you sat here and thought about it and you could list off all your friends mm-hmm. and tell me which ones were black, that'd mm-hmm. be a different story. But when a person's in a debate and they can be like, I got one, I got a black friend, his name is Jim. You, you're keeping that at the forefront of your mind. You could you could see it that way. And for a lot of pe- white people, that is true. Yeah. But I can tell you, I, because of the work I'm doing, the process I'm going through, have evaluated my life. How much have I allowed myself to have exposure? How much have I, what is the exposure in my life to the yeah. black community? What is, what are these friends that I had able to be themselves fully with me? I've gone, like I've sat and analyzed and looked through this information. So of course that would be more on the forefront of my mind. Yeah. And it should be, I'm not saying that it shouldn't be. I'm just saying that like it comes off as weird I wouldn't say it to like, anybody else. Maybe not weird. I wouldn't say it that way to anybody else because I understand that there's a sense of uh, is it inherent racism. Yeah, it's inherent racism. There's a sense of that just inherent racism in the white community of we've talked about it before. Like I can't be racist. I have a black friend. Yeah, yeah. right. It falls so into that category when you're able to pull that out in the middle of an argument uh, and pinpoint exactly who it is. It makes it seem like you're you're keeping that person. One, you probably view them as different from the rest. Are of you the saying black me? Are no, you no, saying in general? No, okay. in general. Because I, I was I, sorry. No, no, no. That's no, part of where no. my struggle was. I'm like, but wait. I'm but so the reason sorry. I'm on my you. forefront of my mind is because no. I've been doing this work no, big time you. lately. People okay. in general. Okay, I'm sorry. Um, when you can pull that out in the middle of an argument, it makes it seem like you. One, you see that black person as different oh, from all the rest. And two, you're using that black person as justification, as justification totally. to say that you're not black. That's oh. where that's why it comes yeah. weird. Yeah. But like no black person wants to be anyone's token best right. friend. Right. Token black friend. So like Yeah, but again, it that's leads where the to struggle that, comes. It leads to that, like, how do we fix this? You know, know. for it to be white people have to fix it. But you know, if I'm if I struggle with making friends with people of color, how do I fix that? Well, I think it's hard at this point in life because it's hard to make friends 
in general at this point in life. It could be, it could be, that could be true. For me, I feel that's not true because I, some of my best friends right now I've actually made over the last couple of years online. I've yeah. gotten really involved with making friends online. Um, I have some friends online too, but I don't know if I really consider them like friends, friends. I, well, a couple of them I talk to weekly, if not daily oh, okay. sometimes. So then, yeah, that's different. Yeah. But I mean, like if, if you were to like come hang out with me and my friends and my girls, we do girls nights sometimes. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to invite Dorian. Yeah. Like it would be difficult for you to connect with them. In that instance, because we all already have a bond. Yeah, yeah. That and of, we yeah. would be, like, inside jokes. So it has to be one-off yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and that's hard. It's easier to find white people at for one-offs as a white person. It's a lot easier. Yeah, and it's easier One, because to find... it's the majority of the population, so statistically, they're easier to find. Yeah. But two, in the sense of just how but segregated we like... are in all things we do. No one's telling you that you have to have black friends, but there does have to be a work through of being more comfortable around black people because as white, as black, as a black person, my comfortability around white people depends on the, the atmosphere in the room. Yes. Like I can walk into a restaurant, look around and tell if I'm, if I don't belong. And I feel from my experiences, that's exactly what it has turned out to be for me, too, because I have been in in the environment in your house where I felt like there was no one there being like, what is this person doing here? And I've been in environments where it's what the heck is this person doing here? She does not belong. Yeah. So. So then that makes a world of difference. Environment really does matter. Yeah. And and I but I also think. I think it's important. You know, you said it's not that you have to go out and, and, and get black friends. I I think it's really important. I think I think that the way that we are going to help white people fix this racist issue, racial racial issue is by them building more relationships with black people because I have I talked to white people about this racial divide and the ones that don't believe it or think it's as big of a deal or as bad of an issue say, you know, I've made comments to them like, you're, there's no way you're ever around black people. Like, how do you know? You don't have any right to say in that, oh, I'm around black people all the time. There's black people when I go here to work. There's black people when I go here to work. And I'm just like, okay, there's a difference between being around black people and having a relationship with black people. A wild difference, especially if it's in a professional setting. Yes. Because you don't know that. You're putting on, yes. And that's why I think it's important to say, to, to, almost say you need to find some black friends yeah. as a white person because yeah. it's what's going to heal this divide because you will not understand them, their culture and their oppression until you do. Yeah. So then we got some work to do to get you more acclimated into black culture. <laughs> because then you wouldn't feel so uncomfortable because you would be able to walk into the room and say and feel like, Maybe not that you belong, but that you at least have a place there. Yeah, I think, really, I think um, if if I understood, if I understood the language, I understood Ebonics or AV, whatever you want to call it. Kind of want to call it Ebonics now after we talked through the definition of it, right? Um, But if I understood that a little bit more, 
that would be able to be a world of difference. I mean, think about it. If you were to walk into a room full of, uh, you know, Hispanic, a bunch of Hispanic people or a bunch of uh, Japanese people or whatever it is, you're walking to an environment and they're all speaking their own language. Even if you know some of the words because you took that language in school or whatever, mm-hmm. it would be hard to feel like you could really belong or acclimate. You could feel comfortable being there, but it yeah. could feel hard to feel like you could actually acclimate in some way because yeah. you couldn't understand really what was you'd have to spend a lot of time there yeah so that you would start to pick up on things yeah but that also connects to our culture too because to really like understand our hidden jokes and stuff you'd have to really do like focus on black culture yeah black movies and and music and yep. and stuff to really be able to 100% say that you fit in but if you at least could understand the language a little bit more um, and the attitude, because it's it's more than just the language, it's the attitude, it's our demeanor, it's it's our culture yeah. as a whole. It's a whole culture, yeah. Um, you'd be able to, some of our traditions mm-hmm. and stuff, you'd be, you would probably feel like you belong there a little bit more. Totally. Yeah, totally. The definitely less, it wouldn't be an issue. The comfort issue would be a lot less or gone. The belonging part, I think, is strictly related to the environment. Yeah. As you alluded to before. It's it's whether it's a group of people who want to embrace and allow in white people, like are still open to white people. Yeah. Um, and I haven't completely shut all of them off because of the way they've been treated historically uh, versus ones that don't want to give them the time of day. Yeah. Which is what really bothered me about LeBron James quote. Um, the thing for me when it comes to LeBron James quote is I completely understand it. I, I've never been the person to say like, I don't want white friends, but it's to me, it's no different from being like, I don't want a white spouse. Like it's a preference. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't want white friends, you wouldn't want to be friends with him. Yeah, but we also can't really understand black culture unless we actually can have time within it. That's we can true. study all we want and read but it from black books. Black culture is very immersed in American culture. Yeah, that's true, but there is a whole subsect that's not fully. Yeah, it. you're right. That's so not there's necessarily a sense, mainstream. And also, uh, you can read and watch all of it and educate yourself. And I guess maybe you could do that and it might be enough, but we are relational creatures as human beings. And when we have relationships with each other, we understand each other, empathize with each other, and build bonds that are something that cannot be gotten any yeah. other way. And that is what needs to happen to close this divide. But never, not everyone holds that sentiment. So it's just like if you were in a relationship, would you want to be with someone who outwardly said they don't want to be with white women? Even if you felt like they could change, you could change their mind, like... Why would you want to do that? Why would you want to put yourself in that situation? It's the right. same thing with the friends. Like, right. I'm I'm just saying if that was a predominant was a feeling overall, if it was more widespread, it would be it would really put a kink in the ability for us to find a way to move forward and to to heal and then move forward. But that may be part of it too. Once we actually heal. Mm-hmm. I think we're in a process right now. I think we're in a process where we're starting to do some of it reckoning and healing that needs to happen that's been so ignored. Mm-hmm. 
but who knows how long it'll take. But once we get to a point, a certain level in the healing where it tips over, where it's not so wounded and so fresh and not being re-dug at and triggered all the time, that may just, that may change the feeling of people who feel that way right now about not wanting to be, have a group of white friends. Yeah. It may be just connected to that history, that wound, that lack of reckoning. Just a quick reminder to subscribe and please leave us a review. If you've been thinking about leaving us a review and intending to, it is so quick and fast and just a few words even of explaining the impact that this episode, this podcast has had for you, or you can just leave a rating without a review that works as well, but it's really, really been powerful to see them and really helpful for listeners who are just stumbling upon us and finding us. And Cass, you want to give us your quote? White supremacy won't die until white people see it as a white issue they need to solve rather than a Black issue they need to empathize with. Dwayne Reed.